I got it right the whole show. Welcome to episode 90 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Les, and my co-host is Dade. We're talking about setting up a Kofi page, but first, let's talk about what we're consuming. Dade, what are you consuming these days? Just when you thought I escaped it, I'm drinking a Keurig <laughs> coffee. Um, oh, why? Because I, I didn't want to make you wait any longer for me um, to make real coffee, so... I just made this quickly. It, it's just caffeine. Like, I should just buy caffeine pills. So when I do need a pick-me-up, I'll just take uh-huh. those. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm consuming that. And um, I've actually been writing with um, a pen lately. Hmm. The Zebra Sarasa uh, 0.4 um, gel pen. It's become my favorite. It's like the perfect it's the perfect kind of like go-to pen. I just I don't know, between the body of the pen and just the smoothness with which it writes, it also forces me to the point 4 forces me to write slower, which is good cuz I, I I tend to be heavy-handed and then also I get messy when I write. Um whereas if I write too fast with this pen, it um it skips so yeah i've been using that um yeah i find the the smaller the tip the easier it skips that kind of rhymes i mean it makes sense there's less contact Mm -hmm. on the page so yeah um so what are you up to so i've been working on my blog i've been trying to front load my queue with some reviews and posts. Um, so when school starts in the summer, I will not have to spend as much time um, mm. doing that stuff. Plus I, I went on like this shopping spree and acquired mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff. And so it's been fun to use and write about. Um, <clears throat> and so I've been doing that. I have been gearing up for year two of graduate school. I get the month of May off, which is nice. And then summer school starts and I'm just back at it again. And so um, like the true nerd I am, I've already ordered some textbooks. Um, What's really (laughs) What's really good is only one class out of the four that I have to take this for the first session requires textbooks. Um, And they're books that I want to keep. Like, they're not, like, I don't buy a book if I don't want to keep it. Um, But, like, one of the books is Psychoanalytic Theory and Cultural Competence in Psychotherapy. Like, Mm. I want to own that. Um, So, so, yeah. But, like, I have to take this – it's really frustrating me – a, like, research methods for social work class. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not buying that book. I was able to find it as a PDF on the internet um, because the book is $200. Um, Damn. Yeah, well, of course. Any book that involves research um, – you know, it's like the SPSS program you yeah. use for statistics. It's like $2,000. Um, but no, I'm really excited about the classes that I, I registered for and I got to pick because um, I think this year 
so the first year at, at, at Smith, we don't get to pick our classes. We're just put into the classes that are for the first year, like program. Oh. Yeah, it was very odd. It was like we registered for you, and you're in these classes because there's no electives the first year. Oh. Um, like there is this year. So what they do is in the first year you do all your core stuff. So mm-hmm. you can choose types of courses, <clears throat> but they do the registering part. So like you know, did you take ch- child psych in undergrad? If you did, then you don't have to take it now. You can right. take a different thing, but that's really the only choice. So. This year, I was able to <clears throat> register for an elective, and so that was that was good. Um, I didn't get the one that I wanted, which was transference and countertransference. Um, mm. I think everyone wants to take that class. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely um, going to be a fun summer this year. So, what else? Um, I have been reading Upward Spiral. Nice. Um, I ordered both of those books because they were super cheap. Um, and they both were like right up my alley um, regarding like either things that I'm interested in or things that I really feel that I needed work on. I really want to thank you for those recommendations because yeah. spot on. Upward Spiral is just a great book. Well, it was like so far. I mean, I haven't finished it yet because I just got it. Um, I like it because it's a good mix between science mm-hmm. and like, cause I'm into that, but also it's very like approachable yeah. and like the way it's written is also just this down to earth kind of feel. Yeah. Um, but it gets all the science in there without dumbing right, it down too much. Right. Which I really appreciate. Right. And the author even said like, don't worry if you don't get all this right now. This is a lot of info, but like these are the things and and I like that it had like drawings and like visual stuff to it as well. Um there's also a card deck that goes with the book. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like um I don't know much about it, but yeah, it like in the like I saw it when I had purchased it online. It was like Purchase the Upward Spiral card deck, a powerful way to rewire your brain. Um, so, so yeah, so I've been enjoying that. Um, I also have <clears throat> two other books waiting um, to be read. One of them is the other book you recommended, The Upside of Stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third book is by Marsha Linehan, um, which I'm sure you know who that is. Um, yep. Building a Life Worth Living. It's her memoir. Yep. Um, and I thought that that would be a nice book to kind of consume as someone who is going to be a future therapist who has been through some stuff. Um, I don't know. I find her lived experience definitely reassuring when I get those feelings of like imposter syndrome. Mm. Um, you know, like, what am I doing here kind of feelings. Yeah. Plus, DBT's been, like, my jam lately. I've been – my supervisor is – she's been doing DBT for years. And so Mm. everything she approaches is through that lens. And so I've been really getting good experience with DBT. So Um, what else? I've been playing World of Warcraft in my downtime. And that's been a thing. I mean, that's where I socialize. So – 
And finally, I got my erasable T-shirts. Did you get your T-shirt? I did. I actually wore it the other day. I got cool. the gray color. Me too. And I got a yellow one. I got two in the mail. I was maybe because I oh I support their Patreon. Mm. I think. Anyhow, um, the gray one I got, you could barely see the erasable logo. Yeah, mine was really um, it was mine was kind of a like blue gray. Uh huh. Um, and the logo was really kind of like muted. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they what um. What Andy was going for, though. Yeah. No, I, I like it. I didn't wear them yet. I, I wanted to wash them first because mm. the 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 shirt looks really big. It's huge. Like, I was like, I know I'm like a 2XL because I got this man belly. But, like, I held it up and I was like, this looks big. So I've decided to wash them. Hopefully yeah. it will shrink. Um, and <clears throat> I also bought a hoodie. Ah. Uh. The bright yellow one. I really consider getting the bright yellow t-shirt. It's nice. I like it. I I like how it's like a yellow, like I'm yellow's my favorite color, but I'm not mm. a yellow clothes wearer. Like sometimes that's too much. But the shade of yellow is it's like this goldenrod. Ah. Like a, so it's it, kind of like a pencil yellow? Yeah. Almost. It's like a bright yellow, but it's not highlighter yellow and it's not lemon yellow at least to me cool Um, so yeah no it's it's cool maybe i'll wear it if we ever see each other in person (laughs) soon Um, maybe someday yes so yeah that's really (laughs) that's really been it for me i mean i've been really busy with stuff so nothing new has been going on but less i'd like to hear all about you so the last it's been two weeks since the last time we talked and wow um everything kind of went to hell all at the same time. So the week after I we we spoke, my uh, kitchen faucet decided it was going to spring. It had a very like minor leak, and then that minor leak decided to turn into a major leak and could not be ignored anymore. I I had planned to replace the faucet the following weekend, and I had to do it in the middle of the week, which really displeases me greatly that is not something that i ever want to do I, I i hate plumbing plumbing is the world's worst chore i just i i would rather work on electrical issues i'd rather replace light lighting and and things like that plumbing is just the worst it's wet it usually smells bad it's just it's awful um so that happened and then my dryer decided that it was going to stop working so I looked it up and I really, I found, figured out what was wrong, got a replace, like repair kit. And I got to tell you, repairing a dryer is super satisfying because you take the whole thing apart and you take out the drum that holds all of your laundry. It is like lightweight and it's just, it's, uh, it was so satisfying taking it apart and then putting it back together and then having it work. It was the best repair job ever. Then when I was out uh, and about, I was gathering zine materials, which I'll talk about in a second. The whole front end of the car decided to just kind of go kaput. Um, the spring on the shock snapped. And when that snapped, it snapped the uh, sway bar or stabilizer bar um, on the side. So that that happened and it made this big 
oh. on the like while I was driving, I was like, because I, I took I turned a corner and I heard this like giant metallic, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> oh no no no, <laughs> and then like I'm driving and the steering is sloppy. Um, because the stabilizer bar is gone. Right. So like I, I drove it home, I parked it and I'm like, well, like, I, and it, like, then I, I looked at it and I was like, well, it looks like it's just the stabilizer bar. I can fix that. And I looked it up online and it's a super easy job. There's like two bolts and you have a screwdriver involved and then it just kind of pops in place. And then I was looking at the parts cost and then the tools that I would need to do the parts. Cause or to do the repair because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have, like if I were up where my parents live, I would have everything to do these repairs and it would be that easy. Um, so I didn't realize that the spring was gone when this, when I was doing this. So I, I take it, I'm like, it would cost me as much to have, um, the guy at the repair shop do it as it would for me to buy all the parts. So, so I, I took it down and he gives me a call. He goes, there's a whole lot wrong <laughs> and it's going to cost you. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he, I, I have never seen this guy shake it up. Um, and like, basically like when those springs go on your shocks or struts, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, you can, you can kind of drive around as long as the stabilizer bars are okay. But once the stabilizer bar goes, um, you can lose control of the car. And he's like, if this had happened on the highway, if you'd hit, you know, a pothole and that had snapped. Um, it could have also blown out your tire and you could have lost complete control of the car and it could have been a fatal accident. So, yeah. So then like, I also like replacing those springs is you have to have a specialized tool. You've got to get like, there's a tool that kind of scrunches the spring down and it's like, it was just worth it to have him do it. Um, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately now my, my uh my budget for everything is gone. Thank goodness for the stimulus checks because that that's where that went. Sure. Um, as you know, we drive a Volkswagen, mm. and I, this is what I'm going to say. I'm, Been there. I, I I am 99% sure that the Volkswagen has a sensor on it that can that reads my bank account and it says, "Oh look, you have a little bit of money. I'm going to break now." Um, and I I really want to get a decal for the back window that just says "Money Pit." Um, (laughs) because it's just, I love driving it. It's a great car. Um, but it just, it just (laughs) sucks down the money. Like everything is super expensive, but now it it feels like almost like driving a new car. It's because everything's all shored up down underneath. So it feels really nice again. Um, and then immediately after I drove it off, off his, you know, lot, I decided, well, you know, this is a great time. I have time to go to the city lot and get some more wood chips from my garden. Mm-hmm. And on my way there, I ran over a rock. I didn't know this until I was shoveling wood chips into bags. And I'm like listening. And I hear this. Oh, no. Yeah. I rolled over <laughs> a fang shaped rock, which. It, it, I, I just hit it just right for it to wedge into the brand new tread of my new tires <laughs> and puncture my tire. Oh so my by, by the time, by the time I finished filling my bags, the tire was completely flat. That's how big the, the rock was. 
Oh, so, I'm like, and I'm like shoveling and I'm looking and it's getting more flat. I'm shoveling, I'm looking and it's getting more flat. So when I had two bags left, I, I always, because I have had this happen far too many times, I always carry a air pump in the trunk of the car. So I pulled that out, plugged it in. And as I filled my last two bags, it pumped it back up. Then I went out to the hardware store, picked up a can of fix a flat um, because you can't buy plugs in Massachusetts for your tires. Um, <clears throat> and now the tire is repaired, not with fix a flat. I ordered something online and had it delivered. That's not legal to purchase in my state. What a weird thing to have be illegal. <laughs> So so it is legal for you to buy a patch kit for the inside of your tire. So you then have to take the tire off and off the rim to patch it from the inside. Okay. It's much more expensive to do it. And, like, I'm not going to be able to do it. I can put a plug in. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's ridiculous. There's no reason. I've driven, you know, tens of thousands of miles on a plugged tire. Um, like mm-hmm. there's no, I mean, it's a brand new tire. I'm not going to replace it. I'm going to plug it. I mean, it, and you know, right. I know I'm going to get people sending me messages of like driving on a plug tire on the highway is so dangerous. You're going to have a blowout. Oh. Stuff it. Um, well, like <laughs> I drive like an old lady now, you know, it's not like when I was <laughs> in my twenties where I was like, right. I, I have an entire speedometer here. I need to use it all. Like, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, you know, I, I might hit 70 miles an hour when I drive up to Maine to hit my to visit my family. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not like racing it. Um, so right. yeah. anyway, that's just the plug thing. So like with Gina's new her new car, right? We had it like a month and she ran over a nail. Like, right in the center of the tire. Like, and these are, it's an SUV, so it's not, like, cheap tires either. Yeah, they're, like, 150 a pop. Yeah, and then some, probably. I don't even, I, I don't even want to look at how much they are. I'll they're, just, they're around 150 a pop. <laughs> I'll, like, cross that bridge when I get to it. Oh. And you know that, you know the tires that come with your car are the crappiest ones. So, um, you know, they, they don't last. It Like, that's a whole other podcast. Um, but... <laughs> But yeah, and so like the dealer just patched it for free. Like they don't, you know, we have I, yeah. I very smartly bought like the extra cover coverage package. It was like an extra six dollars a month on the the loan. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like I'm not gonna just get rid of the tire because something you know punctured it um in the dead center of the tire. Yeah, like she she drives on the high she drives fifty miles on the highway a day. Like yeah, well I mean it's like I just these tires are relatively new. I've we where i live like mm-hmm. i just like the, the guy next door just did tons of con- construction i've run over nails i'm not going to replace brand new tires um you know when i can just stuff a plug in it sure sure uh, so anyway that's, I feel like that's that, wasteful it, it feels really wasteful yeah um and you know putting a plug in it is so easy so you know whatever Anyhow, uh, that was that was my last week. <laughs> so, man, yeah. oh man, it, it was just like literally one thing after another. It's like, can can I just get a you know a week of relaxation? And I have to say, you know, I I don't really want to jinx it, so I'm gonna knock on wood here. Um, nothing major has happened. Um, things have seemed seems to have settled down, and I actually had actually. 
the week, same weekend the car decided it wanted to die. Um, I'm a friend um, who does all kinds of recycling stuff is doing, was doing a, I don't know if it was like a storage or office clean out, but it was for a printing company, a local printing company. And so he put a post on Facebook in our recycle group, basically saying like, I have paper, please come and get it. Uh, and I snagged like, God, how many reams? 20 reams of cardstock um, in all kinds of different colors and textures. And some of the stuff hasn't been like on the market in years. I got reams of like plain paper for printing my zines. I got reams of really, really fancy um, part cotton, part rag paper. So I'm going to do some pocket notebooks with some of this fancy paper um, with some really interesting covers. I'm super stoked at some of the materials for making zines because some of the stuff is like, it's like classic. I don't know if you remember like office paper in the nineties, like those like kind of muted pinks, blues, yellows, like the canary yellow Mm -hmm. that everyone, like everyone knows. And offices still use it. It's like that classic color. Some of those, some of the stuff I snagged was in those shades. Um, Plus some really cool tans and a really nice gray. So it's just going to be super fun to make zines with some of these cardstock covers. The problem that I'm running into is that my printer hates the thickness of them because it's professional paper so it's actually thick cardstock printer hates it it just is like no not printing on this and then sometimes it'll be like okay yeah i like this paper i'll print on it like just can you you decide if you like this paper or not and print on it um but it really doesn't like the super thick paper uh which is unfortunate and I have been relaxing and just chilling out watching Lost Girl. I'm in the middle of season four where it gets a little weird. Um, and I enjoy it. I, I enjoy like the weirdness of the later seasons. And other than that, I've been deep into gardening. I have not written for my blog in a couple of weeks. So uh, because I've been gardening, I've been like running around getting compost and wood chips and I was up in um God, what what town was it? Not Georgetown. Where are the town ta- Box 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 Boxford? Boxborough? No, not Boxborough. Um anyway, one of those towns out kind of in the boondocks, and I got partially composted horse poop for my garden. So I'm hopefully gonna go up and get another another round of horse poop for the garden. Uh, because it's you know it's free and it works really well once it's composted down. I just gotta uh, build a compost bin for it. And I've been going with a no dig sheet mulching method. If anyone is interested in learning about that, I put a link in the show notes to Charles Doubting on YouTube. He is it's very evangelical on the idea of no dig, but it's like the idea of raised beds without the wood and then using deep mulching around it. So like I've got wood chips um, around some like six inch deep um, piles of compost. And I just put in my my bok choy, my pak choy, some mustard greens and Swiss chard into my garden. And I'm really, really looking forward to to getting that. I also did um peas and some beets and radishes so lots of good stuff in my garden i've been really just 
chilling out and getting super zen out there. Nice. And it just feels good to kind of like shovel stuff and move stuff around and plant things and see them grow. I really like that. I am just drinking water today. Mm-hmm. And um, well, because we're, we're recording later in the evening and I can't have caffeine this late. Unlike you, I, I'm jealous of your ability to have caffeine. Well, it's not that I'm making a good move here. Um, <laughs> I mean, I have I have supervision at 9 a.m. tomorrow. So, um, I mean, it's fine. It's so chill. Like I've like it's not that serious, but um, it'll be it'll work out. I actually slept a little late today, so my schedule's a bit off. So, uh, well, I am using the very tail end of a Tennessee red, mm-hmm. and uh, I, you know, it's just—it's a classic pencil now. I'm just gonna yeah. call it that. It's a classic. It um, I love how it smells, and I love how it looks, and I—I I just enjoy them a lot. I think it's—I think it's like one of those those pencils that I—if I didn't—if I couldn't buy another pencil, ever. And all I had left were Tennessee Reds. I'd be happy. Okay. I mean, I know that's a bold statement. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's they're just such a good pencil. The core is great. It holds a point. It's smooth. It's dark. It's everything I want in a pencil. Plus, it smells great. Yeah. Um, I agree. So that's it in terms of checking in. I, I went a little long, but I think it was funny. Yeah. Um, fine. <laughs> So our main topic today, we decided to talk about Kofi. Um, I've been using Kofi for a while. You just set up a page, which I think makes for kind of an interesting um, contrast. And also, you started with a plan, and I was like, "Ooh, shiny!" Uh, and signed up. <laughs> well, I think I, I think that speaks to our individual personalities a little bit. Yeah. Like, I'm a very anxious, like, I have to do this right person. Well, you know, in, in my personal life, I'm more of an ooh shiny. But, like, at work, I am very much plan everything out, get it right. Like, let's spread this out. Like, plan things out and get it done. Um, but in terms of signing up for, for Kofi, I signed up for Kofi because I'd wanted to start a Patreon. But I also wanted to... Patreon just wouldn't work for me the way that it's set up. It, I, the idea of taking on patrons and then having to produce a thing to send out to people um, on a on a like monthly timeline doesn't work for me. Um, and I'd used Etsy for a long time, and I found that Etsy wasn't working for me anymore. In part because of their fees, um, and I was really drawn towards the Kofi no fee or low fee um, setup. So, um, what drew you to it? Exactly those things, but also, I I had thought about Patreon like actually a couple of years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I there's there's a million blogs out there, and I felt that like. Patreon, I wasn't delivering something that I felt that could be Patreonable. I just made up a word. Um, <laughs> and it was a couple of years ago, um, and I was doing research, and I actually um, got turned off of Patreon because of their model and because of you know what others have experienced with Patreon. And so, because Patreon takes you know the like, I think still like ten percent off the top. 
Um, but it was like just around the time when Patreon was having this like their CEO was was kind of talking about like um, how the way the way Patreon is now, it's not sustainable. We're going to, you know, it just our, our generous um, payouts to folks that use the platform um, has made it so our business isn't sustainable. And that just like kind of set up a red flag for me um, because it kind of just like. I didn't want a, a thing like that. And so I kind of just put that whole like crowdfunding or like support crowd support um, on the back burner because I was like, well, I don't know of any other thing. Um, and then you had mentioned Kofi to me. I don't know how many, a couple of years ago, last year. I, uh, at least last year, if not, no earlier than that, because I started right. using it, I think in 2019. Right. And so, you know, I was like, huh, okay. And so I went on like your page and I was like, wow, I like this. It's clean. And that was the other thing for me with Patreon because I support people that have Patreon pages. And for me, it like kind of felt like I, I didn't like the, the way things are set up. And, and, and so I don't know. It just was – Kofi was very visually appealing to me and it looked very simple. And that's what I wanted because if I was yeah, going yeah. to – if I was going to take the jump – and start crowdfunding or start a, a support model. I wanted something that could be easy for the user and and not, you know, it, it shouldn't be a frustrating experience and it should look nice. I mean, those are two, you know, those are the minimums for me. Um, and so that was really what made me go with Kofi and even their paid model, the gold um, subscription is, I think it's what, like $6 a month. Yeah, six dollars a month, yeah, or and less if you pay for it all at once. Right, and then it's even cheaper. So it's just it. I don't know. I felt this sense of fairness when it came to Kofi. Yeah, I agree um, with that. And I, I, I wanted also. I didn't want to be on a platform where people would think a certain thing too. Um, I do know some folks, not me. Cause like I said, I support um, creators on Patreon. A lot of them actually. Um, but some people are very much like, no, I'm not going to have any part of Patreon. And so I don't want people to not feel good about supporting me either. Um, but that's what really drew it to me was just how, I guess how it looked and how it seemed very approachable for someone like me. Who's never done this before. So, yeah, so going back into the whole Kofi versus Patreon or buy me a coffee, um, just I, I looked at Patreon, too, in the early days. And again, like I just couldn't commit to making something. And, and because primarily a lot of what I do is make things. Um, and I couldn't say that every month or, one, you know, maybe one month you're going to get a hacked up Sarah. And it, really realistically looking at that um, and thinking about the idea of, of am I going to send everyone a pencil sharpener? Am I going to make, am I going to do like a hundred of those? If I get a hundred patrons is, am, am I actually able to do that while right. working my job? And the realistic thing is for me, that's not realistic. I'm just not going to be able to do that. And, and I'm not going to be able to produce things at that kind of level. I just, it's just not physically possible for me. Um, 
And I was looking at, I also looked at other alternatives. Um, there's another thing called Buy Me a Coffee, which basically is a ripoff of Kofi. Um, even if you look at their website, it looks like it's a copy of Kofi. And they compare themselves in a really negative kind of way. And one of the things that I like about Kofi is that they're just like, this is us, like us or not. Um, and even when they did kind of do like a comparison thing with Patreon, it wasn't super negative. It was just sort of like, here's Patreon and here's us. Um, and I don't like when people do marketing with a negative kind of tone, um, where they kind of tear down the other company. Um, I mean, because realistically, if your product is good enough, there's no need for you to be negative. Right. Um, so anyway, so I, I like the kind of positivity. I like the clean interface like you do. Um, but I also like the fact that Kofi is kind of modular, I guess. I'm just, I'm not really thinking of like the right word, but like you can kind of make it work for you. Like yes. I do um, – I, I sell my zines through there, which is a thing that I make and people can can order. Um, people can support me with coffees. Um, I can, you know, I do these little weird, um, I call it my my pandemic pandemic crafting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I take a ha- hacked up Epsara uh, long point sharpener um, that I've modified and I put it inside a jar of some type type Mm -hmm. um so like i had some baby food jars so i put it inside of baby food jars i had um we buy capers a lot um i do a pasta dish that has capers in it so we get capers pretty often they always come in these neat little jars um so a lot of i've done a bunch of uh pencil sharpeners and caper jars i also put them inside of jam jars which will hold a metric ton a huge amount of pencil shavings um so like i'm able to offer these things on kofi um in a way that i was able to back in the early days of etsy um and i do use kofi gold so they don't take any money out Mm -hmm. there are no fees other than what i paid up front um and i think i only paid like 45 or 49 dollars for a year's coverage right so they don't take any money um other than what i've paid them and you know to be perfectly honest i have actually supported kofi with coffees um which feels kind of weird it's like okay i'm gonna send them (laughs) a little extra money because i really like their product i really like how they support me Uh, and i think that they get a fair amount of that too Uh, and then they do fun little like contests for people and i've never won one of their contests but like you like do behind the scenes like take pictures of the stuff that you're doing behind the scenes and you share it and then that goes into the contest for kofi and then they pick one they do a drawing a random drawing and Mm -hmm. send people 50 bucks cool um so it's just kind of like they do neat stuff like that um but i i thought that it just kind of worked great for my creative self um and the fact that I can sell my zines without them taking any money means that I can keep my zine at a lower price. I mean, PayPal takes a giant whack of the money. Oh, I yeah. mean, PayPal just, they really take a lot of money. Um, as PayPal is just, they, and again, like I, I started using PayPal in the early days um, and really liked it. And their fees have just gone up and up and up and up and up. And it's just, it's just ridiculous with PayPal, but yeah. it's a whole other podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I didn't think at all about 
setting things up in Kofi. Um, you thought more about it. Um, yeah. So tell me about that. So like, you know, for me, because I, this is my first go at it. I wanted to have something interesting. I think it was partly because I like to share things with people and I want them to participate in something that is like fun. Um, but also I think for me, it kind of keeps me creative. And so, I mean, I think, you know, you said something a few minutes ago about like, you know, if I went on Patreon and I had like a hundred supporters, am I going to be able to deliver a hundred things a month or a hundred things, you know, to somebody that's just not sustainable. Once you factor in your labor and your postage and your fees, you know what I mean? And so for me, I, I figured, you know, um, to have options, you know, for things that are easily deliverable and are not to me taxing. Um, and so what I found really interesting was over the past year, I've gotten private messages from folks like, you know, supporting me in grad school saying like, you know, oh, it's so interesting. I love when you talk about it. And like, this isn't a podcast about social work school. <laughs> um, but like a lot of people like want to know about it or like, you know, and so one of the options was like, you know, having personal posts that mix my use of stationery um and experience in graduate school from like an academic standpoint because i thought that would be really interesting to share and it's just like a little glimpse you know and so like that's a deliverable into where if multiple people want that i don't have to do it multiple times Uh, because kofi also has a way to have paid posts and so like for example like if you have a monthly supporter they do have access to something that the non-monthly supporter doesn't have access to which i like yeah they also have a a thing that I really like where you can make something available to mm-hmm. anyone who has supported you. So yes. and it'll it will anyone in the last month who supported right. you can have access to a thing if you set it up. Totally, totally. Um and then so I had like little tiers and like these I'm still kind of tweaking and thinking about because I haven't officially launched it. Um you know, like the next tier would be like, you know, I'm this is an assumption and we know that maybe assumptions aren't always a good thing. Um, but I presume that other people that are in the stationary world would be potential supporters. And so a fun idea to take over my blog for a day, meaning to author a post, mm-hmm. um, even if it's tangentially related, because I'm not the weekly pencil where I do weekly reviews. That's not, that's how I started. It was just reviewing pencils once a week. Um, I write about what I want to write about to a degree. And so um, I thought that might be a fun thing. And also like a, I thought about it from a standpoint of like, if you're a new blogger, you know, my, because I haven't posted as consistently as I used to, I still have a decent amount of views and clicks, you know, monthly to my blog. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it might be a very, you know, accessible way for someone to get connected with the community that they'd like to be a part of. Um, I always want to support other bloggers and podcasters and and what have you, um, as long as they're original, um, and they, you know, uh, are, are supportive of me. I always want to, to support that. So, um, and then my third tier, which is an actual tangible item 
is a quarterly deliverable. And so I think that also is doable for me because I don't presume that many would do that anyway. I'm not even I, – I, this might sound like – maybe I should be more encouraging to myself, but, like, I'm not expecting anything. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just doing this because I, I – I think it's a way for me, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, so I don't want to get into it too much now, but like, I think it's a way for me to connect with the community in a different way, but also kind of reinvigorate my experience with the community because I felt that I've been so distant from it. But the the third thing, the actual deliverable is, you know, I send someone um, a goodie bag of stationary items because I've I've done a lot of purging over the past couple months in my office and I have more pencils and stationary items than I could ever possibly use. And I th- thought it'd be a cool way to share with people. Cool. So, yeah, so that's kind of like what I was thinking about. Also, there's other options for, um, you know, I was thinking of, you know, you create things like zines and pencil sharpeners and stuff like that. Um you know, there's other things that can be created that are digital works that you could give access mm-hmm. to. So, like, if you support me, maybe, you know, there's a digital item that a person could get access mm-hmm. to. Um, that's, yeah. again, that's what I like about Kofi is that it's easy to do that. Like, I could just make a couple clicks and it's done. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's one of the other things that I like about Kofi is that it can be altered so easily. Um, it just really, it, it's so simple and it's so adaptable. I haven't made any tiers um, because I'm not sure what I can actually, what I can actually commit to, you know, like I, right. I am, I can't actually talk about that on the podcast yet, but you know, like <laughs> things are in flux right now. I can, I can say that things are mm-hmm. in flux right now and I don't know what my time commitment or is going sure, to be. Sure. And if I have enough time, then yes, I'm going to definitely expand my Kofi. Um, because that, that is a goal that I have that I do eventually expand my Kofi so that I am hopefully doing more zines more regularly. Also, um, doing hopefully more artwork through Kofi, um, mm-hmm. more things like that, that I can send out. Um, hopefully also I'll be able to do more, um, like PDFs that I send out because I did do a PDF um, that I made accessible. I also made it accessible for um, anyone in RSVP. I did a monthly planner that mm-hmm. was a printable. Um, so things like that. There are things like that that I want to do. I want to make sure that I have printables available and things. Um, I also hope to make um, useful journaling uh, in a PDF format so that it's not on paper um, because people I've had a lot of people internationally ask for a PDF version of um, useful journaling. And it's such a struggle right now because of the way that I do the layout for me to actually do that. So I have to sit down at some point and make all of them into a PDF, but I've been so focused on gardening and not being in the house because it's been so nice out that I'll probably work on that later in the summer when it's like 900 degrees outside. And I just want to sit inside in the air conditioning. Um, so what else did we want to talk about in terms of Kofi? Um, let's see. Um, we talked about setting things up what it is, signing up. Um, what else do you want to say? Um, 
I kind of alluded to it just before about yeah. like this might just be something that I talk about, but like the the process of starting a support model for your readers. Mm. Um and, and my feelings behind that and around that. Like okay. for me, I, I think the reason it also took me so long was because I never felt as though I provided something worth paying for. And I've never make my blog pay. That's not what I mean. But like I guess I never made anything that was supportable. Um and it wasn't until I actually talked with a friend, a local friend who makes comics. Um, she does these really cool. I'll put a link to her stuff in the mm. show notes. Um, she does a lot of classes with kids, like how to make a four panel comic, how to make a comic booklet, like really cool stuff. And um, we were talking about like she reads my blog and um, sometimes listens to the podcast. And, um, you know, she's like do you have like a supporter page? It was just like, you know, a, a question. I was like, no, like, and she's like, why not? You know, and we got into this conversation about like, you know, like she would be making comics, whether or not she got paid to do that. Mm-hmm. But there's something else when you have people that support you, like it's okay to want to be supported. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that kind of, really made me think about a lot of things. It's like our podcast. Yeah. We don't get anything for it. We would be doing this anyway. If we had one listener, I think you and I would still use it as an excuse to talk to each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I enjoy this. Like, <laughs> so, but, um, you know, and, and so I, I think, I think for me, it, again, like I just said before, it's a, it was, it's a different way for me to connect with the community. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be compensated or supported for your work. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like <clears throat> I think, I think I waited very long on this um, too long almost. And I think that's why, you know, my blogging has kind of gone up and down over the past year um, of not blogging much of not knowing what to really write about. And it wasn't until like I let go of these preconceived notions of like what Mm -hmm. I was doing or what I was doing it for that. Like, I mean, I've, I've been writing like nonstop. It's been great. It's been fun to like get back into. um, In fact, my first review, I think I messaged you about this less. It's, it's the sneak peek. It's the posted post-it noted line. Oh boy. Mm -hmm. Uh, talk about coming out with a bang um <laughs> i didn't mince words on that one but um it's been fun you know and so i don't know i just i want to feel i don't know maybe you felt this way a little bit too but i feel like over the past year i felt a little disconnected mm. um and i'm not sure why but i think this is a way for me to deliver something different. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I think so. I, how do I, how do I want to answer this or, or respond rather? Um, like you for a long time with my blog, I really didn't see it as anything anyone 
would support. Um, certainly, my first blog had many readers, and I got a lot of support when I moved from writing just sort of a personal blog where I was documenting part of my life um, and into documenting my creativity and my art. And I didn't really see it as something that anyone might support um, in any way other than just reading or commenting. And I think I had a bit of a disconnect as people went away from commenting on blogs and more going to social media, if that makes sense. Like that, I think, has been the big change in blogging for me anyway, um, because in the early days, certainly I would have gone to um, Pencil Revolution or Wood Clinched and had conversations with the guys. Um, and people were coming to my blog to comment and interact with me. Um, and, you know, the content of Comfortable Shoe Studio has changed a lot over the years um, because one of the things that I had to make as a decision uh, as I as I kind of grew and changed as a person was like, what do I do with this blog? I don't want to get rid of it. And there have been times when I've definitely been like, you know what, I just I can't. I have no interest in doing this anymore. I'm not like I'm not writing. I'm not interested in writing. And there have been a few years that have been pretty fallow. And <clears throat> So kind of thinking about that in terms of like just just the blog in and of itself and how it's changed. Like, And I also wonder, like, is there a value here um, for my readers? Am I am I producing something that is valuable? Um, and, you know, yeah, I do. I want to be supported. And, um, you know, I see a purchase when pe- someone purchases useful journaling or one of my wacky pandemic crafts that I put up (laughs) or when someone, you know, buys a piece of artwork, I see that all as support. Um, and you know, sometimes people want to throw me $3 because they really liked my, my, my review of something and it helped them make a purchase. And so, you know, the idea that someone might buy me a coffee, um, because, because they liked my review or because they liked what I documented. Um, I think it really kind of brings back that interactivity that blogs used to have in a way. Um, and not in the same way. Like I really, I, I'm not going to lie. I really miss the activity that used to occur in the comment section of blogs. And, you know, granted there was a fair amount of trash in that as well. Um, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have had someone come onto my blog and tone police me and, and tell me not to use certain words that we don't use on this podcast. Um, but I think we would use in this podcast if, uh, you know, we didn't have to give it a, you know, adult rating. So, um, you know, there, cause I enjoy cursing on occasion, especially in my writing when it makes sense. And, you know, it's not like any of the cursing. If my, if the cursing on my blog were gratuitous, then fine. Yeah. You could tone police that. But the reality of it is none of the cursing that I've ever used on my blog is, is, um, tone police. And that was a tangent. Um, but yeah, you know, like there was a fair amount of like people, people telling me women shouldn't use that kind of language. And, uh, you know, Les, you shouldn't, uh, I would like your blog a lot more if you didn't drop the S word. And, <laughs> You know, You're not exaggerating. That's why I'm laughing. No, because that, that's a real comment that I've gotten. 
um, more than once. Um, and you know, like I'm, I'm almost 45 and if I want to use certain language, certainly I'm going to, and don't tell me not to. I mean, my parents have been trying to tell me not to use that kind of language since I was five, um, and didn't work for them. It's not going to work from some, some strange dude on the internet with an opinion. Um, that I don't know. But anyway, uh, again, there was a tangent. Um, but you know, I miss that kind of interaction. I'm, and, and as much as I love Facebook groups, they don't feel the same. Um, they're different. Um, and there, there is a different kind of support. You know, I think it, it makes sense to have a, a group for, a podcast like this. Um, I've never actually made a group for my blog and I've considered it. I've thought about, you know, it, I've, I've cons- like thought about like, you know, do I make a group for my blog? Is that like something people would enjoy? But also like, I, if it weren't for the RSVP Facebook group, I would not be on Facebook anymore. I, I just, I, I know I've talked about, you know, Facebook and being on there for family and whatnot, but I would never go on Facebook if it weren't for the RSVP group, even though, you know, I have family on there that I, that's the only way I can interact with them. So yeah, anyway, that, that was a big tangent. Um, but again, like I think that Kofi gives support in a way that's tangible for a lot of people it lets them say you know i really enjoyed your blog or you know i really enjoy your zine i think it's amazing or whatever whatever you do it lets people support you and i think that's important um whether or not you make something that's physical or tangible i think that writers should be paid artists should be paid Mm -hmm. um even if it is a three dollar coffee here and there right you know um, because you, you, uh, and you know, we, we in the United States tend to poo poo the arts, but it's so important. I mean, it, it's, it amazes me with what we've done to the arts and education in the United States that movies and theater and paintings still get made. Um, I mean, it just shows that you can't squash creativity that, you know, like people need to make art people need to create people need to write and you know it's going to happen and if others can support us then that's great so anyway that was a big tangent in response to you um well i liked it it's what we're about (laughs) that the tangents are the so much more stationary adjacent they really are they really are um and unless you have anything else I don't. I think we we said it all. Awesome. All right. So um, I want to take a moment to thank everyone for being supportive of this podcast and supportive of us um, and, you know, being interactive uh, on the Facebook group and all of the places where I should be more often. But I really just I'm just outside lately. I'm so sorry that I'm not as interactive as I usually am. Um, but I'm just outside a lot. Um, so it's really wonderful when I am online to get support from everyone. It's just, it's so meaningful. 
Um, and so wonderful. So just thank you everyone who continues to support us, everyone who has joined the Facebook group and interacts on there. The big swap, um, the 2020 sucks swaparama finally got back to me. Um, it was amazing reading the journal that, um, was inside there. So everyone should go and sign up on the Facebook group because that swap is going to go back out. And, uh, it's just, it's so amazing. So amazing. So if you do love the podcast, um, you want to let people know about the show, share a link to your favorite episode on social media. Um, tell people that you love us and why you love us and all of that fun stuff. And you can visit Dade or my Ko-Fi, Kofi. Damn it. I got it right. The whole show, the whole show, I pronounced it right. And then I was looking at your, your, the, link and i got it wrong leave this in don't edit it i'm going to leave it in damn it (laughs) (laughs) i'm not editing this out this is why people listen to us um anyway so i got it right the whole show um and so just just share a link and so uh with that you can find the podcast at rsvpstationarypodcast.com we're on discord and you can find me, Les, at ComfortableShoesStudio.com, Facebook at Comfortable Shoes Studio, Instagram, and Twitter at Original LC Harper. Dade, where can people find you? You can find me at WeeklyPencil.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Weekly Pencil. Sweet. All right. And well. let me hit stop. There's a loud truck going by. I hate you, buddy. Um...